This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Hey, what's up? Welcome into episode 114 of Small Talk. Your hosts, Steve Saruti and Michelle Smallman, are here with you. Saruti, the last time we talked, we learned a lot about each other, my friend. I learned a lot about your past, present, and future lives. Some might have been TMI, honestly. The stuff about your love life, didn't know that, didn't need to know that. But I feel like it connected us on a different level. Yeah, one of my uh, my friend Mike's girlfriend, Jess, said to Mike, hey, ask Steve if he's the, if he's the generous lover. No context whatsoever. Mike hadn't listened to the podcast. Mike's like, what the hell is happening right now? And I was like, yes, the astrologist did tell me I was a, I was a passionate lover, a generous lover. You know, right. I don't know how much truth there is behind that, but yes, he did say that. So for those asking or for those that didn't listen and watch just Michelle's Instagram story today, yes, I am the passionate lover. What's up? Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Let's see. There's not much. I don't know how much truth is actually behind that, which I haven't really thought about most of the stuff that he said since then. Well, like, that makes I, one of us. It, it didn't really resonate with me. I enjoyed doing it, but I, I mean, it's one of those things where it happened and I'll probably never think of it. Oh, well, that makes one of us because my phone has been blowing up, Steve, since we dropped the pod because everybody I've ever known has texted me being like, hey, am I on the lottery list? Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's see, we knew this would come up. We knew this would come up and we had prepared for this actually. We did, but some people... I shouldn't say this because now I'm going to tip my hand here. But some people, like my Aunt Shelly, who texted me and said, hope I'm on the lottery list. And I was like, of course you are. You're right at the top. Like, you're definitely on the lottery list. Other people texted me and asked Steve. And I was like, I guess once I win, you'll just have to wait and find out. Now, you got to give people a hard yes or no. You can't leave people wondering or wishing or waiting. You know, if somebody asks you, you got to be honest. Rip that Band-Aid right off. Hey, sorry, you're not on the list. Not enough money. We're not close enough. But I don't know how much money I'm going to win yet. It could be $6 million. It could be $500 million. Say you want $100 million. Let's do that. Let's make it $100 million. How much okay. money are you giving out? That'll be the, the barometer. Okay. $100 million after taxes or before? Yeah, you're, you're taking home $100 million. Yeah. Clean $100 mil in the bank. Yeah, you're liquid $100 mil. We'll go for the 33% deal, right? I'll keep 33. I'll give 33 away. 33 to charity. Do people actually do that or you just make that up? Because that actually is a good idea. No, I just made it up. Yeah, I like that. I like giving away, especially if it's 100 mil. So that's $33 million you're going to give to charity. That's that's great. You should do that. You shouldn't just keep it all. I don't have enough things that I'm interested in or that I want to spend $100 million. I don't have that. I'm a simple person. Yes, I like nice things to some extent. I'd probably buy a couple houses. I'd go on vacation. I would invest some of it. But you don't need $100 million to spend on yourself. You just don't. So I would actually enjoy giving it to other people. But the list isn't very large. It's a few people. I have lived a pretty good and fun life being a hundredaire, not a multi-millionaire. Mm -hmm. And I think as the great American poet, the notorious B.I.G. said, mo' money, mo' problems. Exactly. I don't, and I don't need any mo' problems. So I would be happy to know I'm contributing to the world in a positive place, giving so much to charity. I would be pleased to know that I was giving money to people I love to help secure them financially for their future. And then I've got 33 million to do whatever I want with. Everyone wins. And you'd be traveling the world and you'd probably be all over the world and you wouldn't be around the people that you didn't give money to. So you wouldn't even have to really deal with them. You could change your phone number. You could lock everybody out of your social media. You won't have to deal with anybody's bullshit. Yeah. I would be like, oh, sorry, I'm not getting service. I'm in Comporta and (laughs) right now on the beach. Sorry. Yeah. Mykonos service is terrible here. I'm sorry. My new house. Like, I didn't get cell towers. Apologies. It's coming. Coming soon. My bad. But I did do this, Steve. And I texted you to do the same thing. I did make the lottery list. I did too. Because I thought to myself, okay, now that everybody's asking, am I on the list? 
who really is on the list. And I thought the list would be pretty long. And once I actually had to sit down and put pen to paper or finger to screen because I did it on my iPhone and really consider what I give this person a million dollars, a lot of people left off the list. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> a lot of people left off the list. I got to tell you. It's a slippery slope when you start including people that are like, just outside the real close circle, because then someone of similar stature can be like, well, what about me? We're the same friends or we're the same relation. Why did so-and-so get this? And I didn't get this. So if you keep the thing small, then nobody can ask questions. If you give it to just one extra person, then everybody else is going to look, be looking for handouts. So mine, I mean, mine's not very big. It's not big. Okay. Question for you. So obviously you and Maddie are on the list, on Thank the you. hard list and the list in Sharpie. Now, if I'm giving you guys, let's say a million dollars, do you two count as one? Yes. Or do you get a million, Maddie gets a million? I mean, I feel like we're a unit. I mean, legally we're, all, we're a unit <laughs> as well. Um, so it's one check. Yeah, one, we okay. get one check. We don't get two checks. So it's the Sarudis get a check? Yes. Okay, so I'm gonna add up my total and I want you to add up yours and we'll see who has more people on their list. So right, how, many, how many checks are you sending out? One. The checks are varying degrees too, by the way. Not everyone's getting the same amount of money. Right, right. So I don't know if you did it that way. I didn't divvy it up percentage-wise. I don't really, I don't really want to do that. I don't know. But my mom and my dad, I'm going to spoil alert, my mom and my dad are on this list. They're going to get more than someone else. You know what I mean? Because they're my mom and my dad. Not all these checks are equal. No, no, they're not. So are, do you have your final total? I do, yep. So do I. Who wants to go first, Mario? Uh, let me go first. I think yours is going to be bigger than this. But I'm surprised at how big mine is. I have nine. Nine. Okay. You want me to say it first or do you want me to give you your number first? Oh, I'm not saying who they are. I'm oh, the list. Oh, oh, I'll say who they are. I don't really care. I mean, it's my mom, my dad, and it's my two sisters. There's four right there. No brainer. Okay. What's up? Uh, right. You. Yes. And then my four best friends. That's well, it. I'm not revealing my list because I have a lot of friends that I left <laughs> off the list. Okay. Well, you also have a lot more friends. I, I've always said that I have four friends. They're four really good friends. If I had a wider circle than that, I feel like I would be way too stretched out. I don't need that in my life. I don't need that kind of pressure. You know, no new friends, as they say, as Drake likes to say. So my four friends aren't going to get as much as, I'd probably give you as much as I gave my four friends, but my sisters and my mom and my dad would probably get the most, which is fair, I think. Super fair. Love that OVO lifestyle out of you, no new friends. So I had originally 13 that I would write in Sharpie. And then I added two because I thought if it came down to it, I would definitely kick them something. Ooh, that's a lot. And, and then I had one, two, three, four, five, six other people on the maybe list. Oh my God, so we're approaching 20? These are people I'm super tight with that I put on the maybe list. Because when it comes down to it, when you're thinking, okay, do I love this person enough to give them a million dollar check? You start to really weigh some things. <laughs> here's the, yeah, but here's the thing too. I also weighed in. We're both close to Rosillo, close to Will Kane. I don't think those guys need a check, and I also don't think they would take a check. So they're not on my list, even though I'm close to them. You know that? You know what I mean? So, dude, I would, they would definitely take the check. Uh, if it was, I don't know. I don't know if they would, especially Will. Will's like a self-made dude. I don't know. We'd have to ask him, I guess, in person. Maybe I'll send him a text. Like, hey, if I sent you a check for half a million dollars, would you take it? No, say a million. Text him right now. Be like, hey. If I won the lottery and I mailed you a check for a million dollars, would you cash it? No context, just ask him the question. Okay, well, hold on, I'm texting him right now. 
And especially if you framed it as you use this for your son's college fund, not that Will can't make his own money, but if you framed it as you have done so much for me and this is something that I want to do for you, you can, Will could give it away to charity if he wanted, a charity of his choice. I mean, he could build a well somewhere. He could use it to start a side hustle, whatever he wanted. I can't imagine anyone with you saying, hey, this is a short list. You are near and dear to my heart. I love you. And I wanted to make sure that you got a piece of this, that they would turn that down. All right. I just texted him. See what he says. Okay. Do you think Rosillo would take it? Because I feel like you'd be like, nah, dude. Like, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> no, we're good. That's a good question. Um, I feel like his initial reaction would be like, nah, yeah. I'm good. But I also feel like he's such a smart guy. And what smart person turns down a free million dollars? Yeah. I don't know. I think there's some pro- there's a pride aspect in there. And I only ask this question, not even specific to them, but I want to know, are you taking into account your friends or these potential people that are getting checks? Are you taking into account their financial situation or does that not matter at all? No, to me, it didn't matter at all. Okay. Because I have some friends on here who make way more money than I do. And you're like, you're still getting a check. For instance, someone who's on the list, no surprise to anyone who knows me is my best friend, Chris. Chris does well. Chris lives in New York. Chris doesn't need my money. Am I giving him a million dollars because I love him? You better believe it. He probably is getting more than that. He could be worth millions and he'd be like, thanks, this is amazing. (laughs) Yeah, here, I'll just put it in the bank account. We'll go on a couple more vacations. What's up? Yeah, I was going to say he would probably do something like, hey, I bought us a boat to party on or (laughs) something. And I'd be like, great. (laughs) He'd buy his own uh, yacht for below deck med. Totally. But think about that, Steve. If this happens to us, if this happens to me and you give me a million dollars, I would then feel compelled to do something to invest in something that benefits us. I would do something to, to invest it towards the pod or- yeah, There's weird invest- pressure there on whoever gets that money. You're not just gonna invest it in something and lose it all overnight. You're probably not gonna, I wouldn't wanna spend it stupidly because then I would feel like you would judge me and be like, oh, did I, maybe I regret giving that person money because they don't know how to spend the money properly. There's a lot of judgment that goes involved and like a lot of internalizing of what I should be doing with this money. And then, I kind of don't even care if you light it on fire. I'm giving it as a gift to you. Oh, I'd want to know what they did with it. You know, I assume they would buy houses and cars and nice things, but I'm not asking for an itemized receipt, but I would like to know what they, what they bought, what they used the money to buy. I would just hope that it brought you joy. Well, money doesn't buy happiness. It doesn't. But like I said, even if you lit it on fire and or you used it to put your face on a billboard inside the Roma stadium. I don't really care what you do. I was gonna say, I can't buy Roma for that amount of money, but I could at least maybe do a partial investor, you know, get a little skin in the game. That's probably what I would do. I don't even know. Like when people ask that question, what would you do if you won the lottery? What would I do? I'd pay off my house, I'd pay off my car. I should probably buy a nicer car, probably buy a vacation home, maybe update the wardrobe a little bit. Beyond that, I don't really have that many things I would wanna do. That would be one caveat for me if I gave you the dough is that I want you to go to the city and I want you to get a beautiful Italian three-piece suit, like a power suit for Saruti. But how often am I wearing that? I guess if, I'm, now, if I'm rich now, I'm probably going to have to be dressing nicer. So you're right. Maybe I will need it more than I need it now, but. It's just a nice thing to have. No, you're right. It is. It's something that every person, you know, especially every rich person, you know, they want to have some status symbol of having a nice, well-made Italian tailored suit. And I would have you get the suit and then I would have you buy a ticket to a Roma game or something where you're in a box, you know, where I buy my own box. That's, I that's buy a season ticket <laughs> over there as they flex their fashion and you got to go over there. You got to go to a game and you got to flex big time. I mean, best believe I'm buying a place in Rome. That's one of yeah, the places I would probably yeah. buy a house. 
then I could put in my Instagram bio, uh, CTNYC Rome. That would be so sick. Swipe through to see all my properties. <laughs> yeah. Then I would have, I would be able to arrange my stories where they're all in these lavish cities. I would never do that. I'm just joking. There's no way I would do that. I don't have time. I don't even have time now to want to play on Instagram. If I was rich, I would definitely have less time. Or you would be rich and you would have way more time. Mm, I think when you're rich, you have more things to do because you have more money. There's more things you have more skin in the game, a lot of stuff. So I think your life actually gets a little bit more hectic when you're rich. I think when you're rich, you hire people to care about things for you. Yeah, but I would probably want to invest in something or I'd want to start a business or do something and some venture because yeah, I have the money, but I want to be successful and be fulfilled right in life, not just in money. So I try to, I probably try to start something in the same way, like Kristen Cavalier, she's got a ton of money and she wanted to start uh, Uncommon James, right? She didn't need the money for Uncommon James, but she wanted to start. It's like a passion project of hers. I would do the exact same thing and I would probably be busy. Yeah, you are kind of the Kristen Cavalier of the podcast world, so I'm not surprised you. that you would want to take the same route as her. Maybe you would also start a natural food cookbook. I could totally see you, now that you're rolling in the wealth from my lottery earnings, yeah. going the Cavalier route. I'm also going to put in quotations the Kristen Cavalier podcast, Michelle Smallman. Thank you. You're welcome. Right underneath all of your locations, <laughs> yep, the Kristen exactly. Cavalier of the podcast world. And then it'll just would- be- can you just put that in there anyway? <laughs> the Kristen Cavalry podcast and Michelle Small. People would be like, what the hell is wrong with Serenity? I would get too many questions about it. I don't know if you would because I think it's just 2020 and people just assume that everyone's losing it. <laughs> it's true. Also, do you look at people's Instagram bios that often? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't look at people's Instagram bios. I don't look at people's Twitter bios. I just look at people's stories. That's it. Yeah, that's true. I love the fringe friends that always look at your stories too. There would be someone you met one time years ago, you follow each other on Instagram and they watch, and they watch all of your stories. And like, why are you so interested in my content? There's a guy that I met one time at a bar and we had some mutual interests in common. And he was like, oh, I'm following you on Instagram. And I was like, I'll follow you on Instagram. And so we followed each other and he watches, he has watched every yeah. story of mine from that day. I don't know his last name. He knows nothing, barely any, well, he probably knows a lot about me now because he watches all my stories. But I'm always like, man, that guy from the bar is really interested in my life. <laughs> or he's just really bored, which is probably, which is probably the actual answer. No disrespect but I'll tell to you, you Michelle. I'll tell you what though, I follow him, I watch his stories, some of my favorite content. You know what he does is he posts all these funny vanity license plates that he sees all over the place. That's good it content. makes me laugh every time. It's really funny. A plus content right there. I gotta follow this guy. <laughs> You know, Steve, you never know in life when you're going to just run into somebody that is going to provide you with great content. Speaking of great content, a lot of people had a lot of things to say about the chip draft. I don't Mm. know about you. I've been getting torched, absolutely torched. People are pissed I picked Cheetos. Furious, in fact, that I picked Cheetos. Rightfully so. And I said, listen, so Rudy opened Pandora's box first. He's the one that came out of the gate with the twists. He picked a popcorn chip for crying out loud. You're killing me. I can get a Cheeto in there. You're killing me. Corn chips are chips. A Cheeto is a totally different thing. And again, I'm not even arguing with it. I'm ready to allow it. I don't think it was a foul play by you at all in any way, shape, or form. But that did open the box for me to take, what did I take? I took the popcorners, which are delicious, which are a fringe chip. But because you took Cheetos, I felt like it was okay to take them. I had a guy tweet me today about the hot fries. I was like, Michelle took Cheetos first. Hot fries are basically better Cheetos. So I took them as well. You opened Pandora's box, so I just blew it wide open. So you say... So yes. you say, you open Pandora's box with a twist <laughs> the, and you know it. They're corn chips, Michelle. A Frito is a chip. It is literally a chip. All chips don't have to be made of potatoes, but it's a chip. Cheetos is like a fried puff thing. I don't even know what a Cheeto is made of. 
Well, it doesn't even matter what any of our picks were. The only thing that matters is Mr. Relevant, the final pick of mm -hmm. the draft, which was Red Hot Ripplets, which is a local St. Louis chip. It is one of the prides of the Midwest, really. Oh, as Steve, I see, is opening his mail. I, of course, being the great co-host and friend that I am, was like, how could my friend Steve have never had Red Hot Ripplets? We need to totally change this. We need to amend this. So I sent Steve a box. I think I sent you 10 mags. because it's, knew... yep. <laughs> it's a lot. Yep. It's a big box. And they're well, just stuffed to the brim with red hot ripplets. It's kind of like Pringles. Once you pop, you can't stop. The fun doesn't stop. So I said that I think I won the draft strictly because of red hot ripplets, because I think these are by far the best chip that's even in the draft, period, end of story. So you're going to try it live on the pod and you're going to give us a food review, like a full Food Network, describe the texture, describe the spiciness level, because there is a kick there, I'm going to warn you. I'm going to be like Jada or Gordon Ramsay or Bobby Flay. Yeah. I'm going to be I'm gonna be like the test taster on one of these judge shows. Uh, you, this is Top Chef. Yeah, Top Chef. Yeah, there you go. Right off the bat, I just want to say that there will be no bias in this whatsoever. My mind could 100% be swayed as the last package that you sent me, which contained Mambas, which I knew nothing about, never heard of them in my entire life. And you're like, oh, they're like a good combination of Starburst and Laffy Taffy's. And I'm like, mm, love both of those. Not sure if it's going to live up to the hype. Well, goddamn, it did. And I think <laughs> Mambas are better than both of them. So I am fully willing to, to admit that you are right. There's no bias in here whatsoever. So you have That's talked true. a big game about these things. So I'm just saying, I don't know if it can live up to the hype, but if they do, I'm not going to shy away from telling you that you're right. So okay. I guess I'll just open the bag. Let's do this. I got a bag. They're Old Vienna of St. Louis, Red Hot Ripplets, Hot Barbecue Flavored Rigid Potato Chips Flavored with St. Louis Style Hot Sauce. What is St. Louis Style Hot Sauce? Is there a specific thing to that? You'll find oh, out. Oh, it's from the loop. All right, cracking you know this bad what? boy open. Let your taste buds tell That's you. That's true. That's true. I'll, I'll let them do the talking. All right, open the bag. First thing I want to look at here really quickly is we got to take a look inside. We got to get a smell. Uh, they smoke wow it's a really strong smell they look like barbecue chips they're ruffle style chips which okay. I'll, take, I'll take one out they're Thank ruffle you. style chips which is the best kind you need that texture and that crunch so that's that's a great thing right off the bat i and appreciate by the way that you're taking the wine approach giving it a little sniff yeah it yeah i'm a chip sommelier if that's what you want to call it um <laughs> right. So the other thing that I noticed right off the bat before I take a before I take a bite is the dust in here is aggressive. The dust, I mean, there's almost there's borderline too much dust in here. I'm gonna say that right now. They are drenched. That's not even the right word. Blasted with the chip dust. They don't skimp on any of the flavor whatsoever. And I guess I'll only really know the answer to whether or not that's a good or a bad thing after I try it. So here we go. The dust is critical, Steve, by the way, as you're crunching, because you've had a ruffle that does not have enough cheddar and sour cream flavoring on it, and it's the pits. So they're just making sure you're covered here. Okay. Initial thing, really good. Great flavor. It tastes like a barbecue chip, but yeah. there's like a little weird, it's not weird, weird's the wrong word. There's a surprising tang to it. And then now in the back of my throat, I'm like, it's kind of hot. These are spicy. <laughs> It's, they're not that spicy. It's just a little kick. It's a little kick. I'm so jealous you're eating this right now. That's good. It's a good chip. The flavor's there. It's really bold. It really tingles your taste buds. Yeah. It's not so much spicy, although it is spicy because I feel it in my mouth and it burns a little bit. It's not as much spicy as it's like tangy and tingly. It's almost like a, It's a I unique don't know. experience, right? Yeah. I've never Very, had any chips like this. Very good chip. Interesting. They're indigenous to St. Louis, man. You're never going to have a chip like it either. You got one more. I will say, barbecue, if you're talking flavors, is the best flavor chip, right? Can we agree on that? 
No. I'm not a specific brand, whatever. Like barbecue chips are the best chips. Cheddar sour cream by far. I would say barbecue. I'm not, I don't think your answer is bad. Oh, but I actually, think... I take that back. Salt and vinegar for me. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I love a salt and vinegar no. chip. And so, so right off the bat, because they're barbecue flavor, they're going to be high on my, on my rankings. They're like, my, okay. my number one chip was the chip that you give me so much scrutiny for is the honey barbecue chip. The barbecue chips are amazing. This is a good one. It's not the best barbecue chip I've ever had, but it's very good and it's probably the most unique chip I've ever had. I guess I'll give it out of 10. You want me to rate it out of 10? Yeah, yeah. Use it at, oh, so we give movies on a cigarette scale. By the way, when I was going to tweet the pod, there's no potato chip emoji. Oh, what are we doing? What are we doing, Apple? Get the seems potato like a, chip emoji in there. Somebody dropped the ball big time. Um, yeah, so what do we get? So we can't give it a potato. We need to give it a weird emoji. I like them. I don't love them. I like them a lot. I think seven and a half out of 10 is a very fair chip. If my honey barbecue Fritos are a 10, this is a solid seven and a half. I'm not sure they crack my top 10, but I'm never gonna be mad eating this chip. It's a very good chip. The only thing, I think is a very specific chip that you need to eat with certain foods. You can eat it by itself, that's totally fine. But I think this would be, go perfectly with turkey sandwich because a turkey sandwich kind of bland, well, you know, maybe throw a little avocado in there, a little bit of mayo, lettuce, tomato, onion, all the, the works. Mustard. But, but there's not much flavor or tang to that. If you throw some of these on the sandwich, in the sandwich, if that's the kind of thing, person you are, because I am a big put chips on the sandwich guy, textures guy, you know me, I love fall, I love textures, all that stuff, <laughs> love layers, all the things. You put these on a turkey sandwich and it takes it from like a seven to a 10. So I almost feel like they're a better complimentary chip than they are by themselves. So seven and a half out of 10, I think is good. Not sure it cracks my top 10, but I'm, I'm not mad I'm eating it right now. I think they're really good. All right, I already know that you're full of it because not only are you continuing to dip into the bag and eat them, there's no way after you've had these that you would choose the popcorn-shaped chip over those. Oh, the popcorn. I'm telling you, people love popcorners. They're very popular. Do not, do not shit-talk popcorners because they are probably – they're definitely way more popular than these because it's kind of like a niche item. But popcorners are absolutely delicious, and there's like a billion flavors. I think I picked – what did I forget which – I think I picked the white cheddar one, which is really good. They also have like a sweet chili in the popcorns, which is kind of similar to this, but better. It's more texture. It's not uh, they have a kettle corn one as well. So put some respect in the popcorner's name, Michelle, okay? I'm not dissing it. I've never tried it. Can't knock it since I haven't tried it. But I'm just saying, if you have a sandwich or you're gearing up to watch a football game and you are craving some chips, you're picking that over popcorn. I'll give you this. There's something about the Ruffles thing where you're like, yeah. this, is, this is a classic, really totally. good chip. It's oh, a chip. My, mine's more of like a niche, like weird chips made out of popcorn. This is a classic, really good chip. Okay, so now that you've had these, imagine this. Those water is spicy. Okay, they're not that spicy. Do you have a delicate palate? Ooh, no, I love spice, but these are a little spicy. They're a little hot. Not, they're hotter than I thought they would be. They Ooh. are not spicy. You're saying you love spice. You're fr you're more fragile than you let on. I'm not Steve. fragile. I love <laughs> yes, spicy. You are. No, you do not. Uh, what's your spicy Tabasco sauce? Frank's so, Red Hot. Wow, no. on the Richter scale. No, no. Here's the thing. The best hot sauce is Cholula. It's not a tier. I mean, if we wanted to rank hot sauces. I wouldn't even do it because it's so it's so much like a big gap. It's Cholula, and then everybody else like miles down. Where do you put Frank's? Frank's is overrated. I don't know. It's okay. I don't like Tabasco sauce that much either. I just put Cholula on everything. I don't even really use any of the other ones anymore. Frank's is more like a, Frank's I don't know. Is it's a at a restaurant. Maybe I'll use it, but I'm never going to buy Frank's. You're never going to buy Frank's. I'm a, I'm a loyal Cholula person, Michelle. I don't know what to tell you. This is how I, I can see that. Wow, you live my life. hard for your brand. She's okay. my girl. <laughs> you know what? She, she's everybody's girl. She gets around. The, well, the hey, it's okay. <laughs> it's 2020. It's okay. It's fine. You know, she's expressing herself however yeah. she wants. But Steve, if you're making buffalo chicken dip, you have to go with Frank's. Buffalo, though. Because Frank's is buffalo. They're all right? very different. It is more of the buffalo-y type. Yeah. And that's not for, you know, I don't put that on eggs. Yeah. I think Cholula and Tabasco is on eggs. I would never put 
ranks red hot on eggs. So they are a little bit specific. Cholula swings a little bit more Mexican and Tex-Mex type food, which is my favorite personal type of food. So that's probably why I swing that way a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. Red, Frank's Red Hot is a good buffalo sauce. I'll have it on a wing or something, maybe with some chicken, yeah. but no way. It's not as versatile and not as flavorful as Cholula. That's my Okay, favorite. random side question. Have you ever made homemade chicken wings? Mm, yeah, probably. I pro- Maddie's probably made them, but yeah, we, I think we've made them at home. I really want to make home. I'm, I'm doing 75 hard. We all know this. And I'm craving weird things. I'm craving football foods. I want nachos. Mm. I want wings. Soft I pretzel. Want- Buffalo chicken dip, all of these things that I can't have. Yeah, not necessarily a soft pretzel. Because that would be at a stadium. I would want a soft pretzel, but not at home. Oh, if a soft pretzel's on the menu anywhere I go, there's a good chance I'm ordering it. Soft pretzel is underrated. Make it at home. They don't come out great at home. That's the problem. They're really hard to make. The juice isn't worth the squeeze. And I feel the same way about buffalo wings. It's hard to make a good buffalo wing if you don't have a deep fryer at your house because the bacorns just don't taste the same. Yeah. Well, I was doing some research on some healthy options I could make for football food. And I think I'm going to try my hand at wings, but it's, it does seem difficult to execute them correctly. So that's why I was wondering if you guys had ever done it before. No, but I've watched enough Facebook cooking videos of amateur people to know that there are so many steps. You have to get the wire rack out there. You've got to twice bake them almost. The sauce is very, very like tongs, specific. Yeah. Tongue it up. And not for me. I'm just going to go buy them from the joint down the street because they're going to be better than I make them. There's so many foods where I go, I, t- I talk about this with Maddie all the time. She'll be like, oh, why don't we make this? I'm, going, I'm like, because it's not going to be as good if we just order it somewhere else. We got into this big homemade pizza kick, right? Oh, yeah. And I love a homemade pizza. Yeah, they can come out okay, but it's never going to be as good as if you just order pizza. And I'm always going to be disappointed. I'm always going to want the, the, the takeout pizza better or the delivery pizza better than the one I make at home. So why, do I, why am I going to go through the hassle of kneading the dough and making the sauce and putting the toppings on and then cleaning up the entire mess when I could just order a pizza that's going to be better? I've never understood that. Okay, wait. Speaking of this t-shirt I'm wearing. Gloria? Gloria. So one of my best guy friends from high school is opening up a pizzeria here in St. Louis. And he studied in Brooklyn. He apprenticed at one of the great pizzerias in Brooklyn and in Naples and Napoli. He, he goes straight Italian style, all natural ingredients. He uses natural yeast. So it's just like you would get in Italy. You know how everything is very natural, no preservatives and stuff over there. And so he's getting ready to open soon. He's got sick merch, as you can see, and it's going to be so cool. It's in the Italian part of town. I cannot wait for it to open. But to your point, he's been having these home pop-ups where he's been trying different recipes and stuff throughout this process because of COVID, he couldn't really do a lot of the things he wanted to do. And I would go over there and he would make these pizzas. And it's other than Italy, the best pizza I've ever had. And I would think, but I would think to myself, why would I ever try to make this or order this from anywhere else? I can't wait for him to open this because I will never try my hand at this now that I know that I have someone down the street that I can go get their own pizza. And he makes it at his house, you're saying? It, well, he's, the restaurant's opening soon. But okay, so he makes time. it there, but it, yeah, he can have it at his house. Because that's the because problem, the too, not open. is you don't get the high heat oven. Like, you need, a, you need an oven close to 1,000 degrees to yes. make a good pizza. And my totally. oven only goes up to like 600 degrees. So that's it's, never, exactly it's right. never going to be as good. When you come to St. Louis, Steve, we're going to go. What we'll do, okay, so what I was going to say, too, is now that you've had the chips, this local restaurant, Max Local Eats, they take those chips and they grind it down. There's actually a, a powder that you can buy, a Red Hot Ripplets powder. Chip dust? Chip dust, exactly. Thank you. And they coat their French fries in it and they bake the fries. So they're called Rip Fries. And it's oh, wow. French fries dusted in those with this, I don't even know what you call it, kind of a ranch sauce almost, a white sauce that you dip them in. Incredible, Steve. Incredible. I'm 
I think I might like those better than I like the chips. You probably would. I do. I prefer the rip fries. Because I like French fries more than I like chips. Yeah. Right? I'm, I think most people would say that. And they're unique French fries, too. They're unique. So when you come to visit, we're going to go to my friend's pizzeria. We're going to get some bomb pizza, and then we're going to go get these fries. I can't wait. I mean, the dust, I actually kind of want the dust because I'm interested in what you could put it on. What else do you put it on besides fries? You could put it on chicken. I put mean, it on a pizza. You could have a, a, a Rips pizza. Cheese, a little sprinkle the dust on top. I just gave him a recipe. What's up? Actually, let me Google that. What do people put that on? Because I'm trying to think. You can't put it on eggs. I wouldn't put that on eggs. Um, I wonder if you could put it on, like, on a bread. It could be like the spiciest, tangy bread. Get a good sourdough. Maybe you like sprinkle it on top of a dip of some sort. I don't know. That's like, really fat for me, so I'm not really sure. Like, if you're putting chip dust on things, that's like, an aggressive move. But Oh, how about this? St. Louis-style street corn. Oh, I love Mexican street corn is one of yes. my favorite things in the entire world. This would be good with that on it. That's a good call. It would be really good. Okay, obviously chicken tenders, chicken wings. Oh, chicken would be a great call, yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pork chops. Um, oh, Steve, someone made homemade Chex Mix, and they worked the seasoning mm. in the Chex Mix. Okay, here's the thing about Chex Mix, though, not to take us on a weird tangent, but how many of the, what are they, like five different things in Chex Mix? There's the two different kinds of Chex. There's the pretzel. There's the little bread biscuit, and then there's the rye chips, right? Am I missing anything? That's five things. How many of those five things do you eat? Because I, I, I eat two. Well, I maybe three. The, the checks and the gordettas. What are the gordettas? The rye chips? Uh, I don't know. They're the brown things. They're little rye chips, right? They're just chips. That's of, what they're called, rye chips? They're like dark brown. Yeah, yeah. Those are the best part of the entire thing. I would, yeah, I would totally. eat an entire Hands, bag of those. And I think those actually exist. But I, I don't eat the wheat checks because I think they taste bad. I don't eat the breadstick things. And I, I don't really eat all of the pretzels because there's always way too many pretzels in there. I only eat the rice checks and I eat the, the rye chips because the rye chips are fire. Yeah. A traditional trail mix actually kind of sucks. Uh, yeah, I know. Half the bag is remaining. I'm like, I don't want to eat the rest of this. And it just sits in my pantry for like a month and I throw it out. Yeah, if we're talking checks, the by far superior way to eat checks is puppy chow. Oh, remind me what that is again. Is that the, is that the marshmallow chocolate thing? What is that? No, it's like peanut butter, chocolate, powdered sugar. Mm-mm. You that. don't do puppy no. chow? I mean, I'd eat it, but it, I wouldn't ask for it. Not my thing. You didn't have puppy chow a lot as a kid? I don't think I've ever had puppy chow ever. I didn't even know what it was until you just said that. Is this going to be a weekly thing where I have to mail you stuff (laughs) that you've never had? (laughs) I just have to make sure that you're eating the correct things that are going to bring joy into your life. How could you have never had puppy chow? I've heard of puppy chow, but I never really think I, I didn't really know what it was. And now that you mention it, it's all right. parties. I don't know, played outside? No, but there was, when I mean, there was this sort of like pizza. <laughs> oh, I was the big smart food popcorn pop, guy. I was, my hand was always in the smart food popcorn. It's my favorite snack. It's the best snack of all time. But I'm saying, what are the adults around you doing that there's kid get-togethers and there's not a massive bowl of puppy chow at all times? I don't know, probably like heavily drinking. I feel like what else can, what else can an adult do at a kid's birthday party but drink? It's, okay. It must be incredibly boring. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Great, don't hurt yourself, honey. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, hey, get, like, cl- stop climbing that tree. It's like, let's crack open another bottle of salt. Put your, pan- put your pants back on. And then there were like kids, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as they take another sip of, of a, a solo cup filled with vodka. Yeah, we're like, nah, just eat some puppy chow. Okay, well, I think that that should be a weekend thing for you and Maddie is to make puppy chow. And okay. also you're welcome for introducing this to your life. Yeah, all right, we'll do, we can make that. That's not bad. I'll try it out. It's Listen, so you know, easy. I'm willing to try stuff. And I've liked two of the, I've liked both of the things that you've suggested to me. So, all right, I'll try some puppy chow. Why not? Wait, puppy chow is not a Midwest thing, is it? 
I don't know. I've never heard of it. Maybe. Or I've heard of it, but I've never had anyone have it around me. I've never had someone be like, hey, you want, want to try my puppy chow? I don't know. I feel like it's one of those tasty recipes that no one ever makes. Wait, the way you said that sounded sexual. I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe Michael, the astrologist, was right about your sexual energy. The energy is high. Yeah. Yeah. Want to try my puppy chow? <laughs> what was it? Uh, what was the line? It was like, it's very active. Very active. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever be over that. That was your face. The, I wish that we could have live streamed those calls because your face the entire time while he was going through that was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, again, it was super fun, but so far I've, I've forgotten about most of the things that he said. And also they're not going to stick with me at all. I, I don't know. I'm not gonna remember any of that stuff in two months. Okay, well, we are going to get to a special edition of 10,000 Frogs, where Sabri's sister is going to join us and tell us an incredible dating it's story. It's a great story. It's an incredible dating story. But before we do that, we haven't done A-plus content in a while, Steve. And I know that you've been really late to the game on some stuff that you want to talk about, some A-plus content, at least in one thing specifically. But before we get to A-plus content, I need to know... Did you watch the new Borat movie? Huh. Because I watched it over the weekend and I wouldn't call it A plus content, but I would like to talk about it and maybe grade it with you. Definitely not A plus content. I did watch it. I mean, the first one came out, what was it like 05 or something? I think it was like the end of high school or early college, maybe yeah. 06, 07 in that range. Yeah, in that and, range. you know, everyone quoted it, right? That was like what everyone did because everyone was super immature and like, oh, wah, wah, wee, wah, you know, give me your tears, Gypsy, and like quoting all these stupid Borat things. And that got old real fast. And then I just hadn't really thought of Borat in a while. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, we got a new Borat movie? Like what the hell is going on? And then everyone, did you see the Rudy, uh, Rudy Giuliani clip that came out that everyone was talking about, which of course. was definitely a little bit weird. <laughs> definitely a little bit weird, but hey, Giuliani's a pretty could, weird guy. Wish I couldn't see that one. Yeah, wish I didn't need that, that in my life. Actually, that's a, good that. way to, that's a good way to sum up really the entire Borat movie. The second one is, didn't really need that in my life. If I was a movie review person and I was like, what do you want to, like, what is your review of this movie? I'd be like, didn't really need that in my life. I appreciate the social commentary. I appreciate holding a mirror in front of America and having people look at where our country is right now. I appreciated some of the humor, but there were parts in it where I was like, I'm not picking up what you're throwing down here. But here's the problem, and maybe you know the answer. I never know what's real and what's not real. Obviously, the Rudy Giuliani thing is real because there's no way Rudy Giuliani would agree to be punked like that. So that's no definitely real. But- was the rally real where he's singing the Obama song? W were those two Southern guys that he like befriended real? I don't, I have no idea. Was that the, was my was big the, question because he's in their house and there's obviously a camera. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you would need a camera crew. So they would have, they would have had to agree to send yeah. this camera crew in there. There's something fishy about that, you know? And the movie is basically, they're really vague about it. They don't really tell you what's true and what's not. And the other one that I thought of, the, uh, the really religious anti-abortion guy, there's no way that was real, right? I mean, there was it was too perfectly scripted. I don't know. I think that one might have been real. Maybe. I don't know. But here's the thing is I, I don't know. So when you say, oh, it's this, it's this commentary on, you know, American society, I'm like, yeah, but I don't even know if it's real or not. So it's hard for me right. to really evaluate it. I, I laughed agree. a couple of times. I did laugh. Like there were times when I really did laugh. But then at the end of it, I was like, meh. So what are we going to grade it? Six out of 10. I don't know. It was fine. I think I, that's fair. I would say like, if you like Sasha Baron Cohen and that kind of humor, you're probably going to like it. If you don't, then you're probably going to want to skip it. I'll put it this way. It was better than I thought it would be and also better than most sequels are, but it, it just doesn't hold up to the original, in my opinion. I don't even really remember the original anymore. 
I don't remember what the plot was. I don't remember. I just remember the stupid phrases that I said at the beginning of the onset of our discussion about it. Do I don't not know. fear me, Gypsy. I only watch what's yours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sexy time, right? Um, <laughs> Very well, nice. Oh, but you know what I wanted to say really quickly before we do eight plus content about Sasha Baron Cohen is I watched another Sasha Baron Cohen movie over the weekend. Have you heard Bruno? of the trial? No, I have never seen Bruno. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, that's not that's not my content. But have you ever heard or seen the movie The Trial of the Chicago Seven? No, is it good? Incredible cast. It is a um, why am I blanking on his name right now? He did the Social Network. Uh, hold on, let me Google this really quick. Justin Timberlake. No, <laughs> no, hold on. <laughs> the guy who uh, oh Aaron Sorkin. It's an oh, Aaron, Aaron Sorkin movie. Okay, who, he makes great movies. He just does. Period. And it's about uh, a little heavy-handed with the dialogue sometimes. Yes, and th- but this movie was really good. It was about the trial of these seven people, actually, really eight people, but seven um, in this riot that happened in Chicago around the Vietnam War, and it's a true story. I don't know how much of exactly what happened in the movie was true, but it was really good. And Sasha Baron Cohen is in the movie as like a serious actor, although he plays a guy that's kind of funny. But it's a serious movie about race relations, the Vietnam War, courts being corrupt. It's a really dense movie, and Sasha Baron Cohen plays this really incredible role, like a serious character in it. And wow. it's amazing to me. And it, and it dawned on me as I'm watching the new Borat, I'm like, is there a more versatile actor in the world than Sasha Baron Cohen going from doing this really dense, um, incredible biopic almost about these seven guys and then doing Borat a couple months later? It's unbelievable. The guy's super talented. Okay, Jim Carrey went serious. Robin Williams okay. has gone serious. I'm saying right now, though. Yes, those guys are more talented, for sure. Like, Robin Williams takes the cake from this one. But right now, I don't know. I still think Leonardo DiCaprio is the most versatile actor out there. He could play anybody and be amazing. Can he play Borat and be amazing? I don't think so. No one can play Borat. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. I don't know. I'm trying to think. There's got to be somebody else who's super, super versatile. Remember what Tom did? What about Jonah Thunder? Hill? What about Jonah Hill? Jonah Hill can go from super bad to Wolf of Wall Street. Come on. Yeah, but he was funny in Wolf of Wall Street because he was this weird guy in Wolf of Wall Street. He was the perfect character for that. It was Jonah Hill, right? I don't think he was a serious actor. And that movie was insane anyway. So I don't know. It's hard to say. But what about this? Remember when Tom Cruise, and this is a smaller role. Remember when Tom Cruise was in Tropic Thunder as that movie exec guy? That was genuinely one of my favorite Tom Cruise roles because it was so funny. It was so different than anything he'd ever done. So... I'm not a big Tom Cruise guy, but shouts out to him for doing that. But nobody touches Sasha Baron Cohen when it comes to this stuff. I would say Adam Sandler took a dramatic turn in Ugh. Uncut Gems, but I thought that movie was terrible. It wasn't bad, but I'm so over bad. Adam Sandler, man. I'm so over him. I don't, it feels like all of his movies are straight to Netflix. It's like, hey, let's pick a hot chick, Adam Sandler. They go to some cool island or some vacation destination. They film a movie for two months, and that's what the thing is. Okay, cool. He's at that point in his career where he gets to do whatever he wants. Everything gets greenlit. And I've never wanted to watch a new Adam Sandler movie, especially comedy. After, you know, he had that run with Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore and, I don't even know like what the last good Adam Sandler comedy was, but after that, it feels like for the last two decades, he's been like Click. pretty pretty big miss. Click was not good at all. <laughs> okay. Again, what was that? Kate Beckinsale, hot chick. There you go. Um, he has a formula clearly, and that formula for me is trying Little Nicky. Not interested. Little Nicky. I don't. Oh, that was come a bad on. movie. It sucked. It that sucked. was actually a terrible movie. Now that I think about it, I'm thinking of Big Daddy. Big Daddy was the one I was thinking. Oh, of. Big Daddy was not bad. a bad movie. Not great, but that was when you knew it was kind of trending downward. Yeah, but can you blame him though? Can you imagine if I said, "Hey, Steve." No. We're going to do a podcast, but it's going to be on Q-tips. But you, me, Maddie, and everyone we're friends with, we're going to get to produce it, and we get to chill in Bora Bora for two months. No, I don't blame him one bit. Listen, you've clearly made enough money, and you have enough clout in the industry to be able to do whatever the hell you want. Shouts out to you. 
I just don't want to watch your movies anymore. Sorry, dude. I would sell myself out so fast, yep. Steve. I would do a podcast. No integrity. Anything. <laughs> if we could go to Bora Bora for two months. What's the worst thing we could do a podcast on? I would do it for two months in Bora Bora for free. And they no. made a ton of money. They made millions of dollars doing it. I okay. would sell out so fast. How about this? If they're like, we want you to break down a presidential debate. If you can go to, you can go to Bora Bora for two weeks or two months, however long it is, but you got to, the only thing you can talk about that entire time is breaking down a new presidential debate. Yes or no. While we're working though. Right. Cause I'm sure they had yeah. cast parties at night and they get, listen, can you imagine if we could go right now during a pandemic, Steve, to a remote Island and just turn up and party? I would watch every debate three times a day. You mean like Kim right. Kardashian? Oh my God. That was the most ridiculous. Like, can you be more tone deaf than that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I don't, I'm not one of those people that thinks she's stupid because she's not. They built this empire and it's incredibly impressive. So I would never poo-poo that part of it. But you could not be more tone deaf sending that tweet out saying, oh, you know, I surprised my family and, you know, we, we quarantined and all this. You just lose me with that. Hold on. I got to read it. It's awful. Okay. After two weeks of multiple health screens and asking everyone to quarantine, I surprised my closest inner circle with a trip to a private island where we could pretend things were normal for just a brief moment in time. We danced, rode bikes, swam near whales, kayaked, watched a movie on the beach, and so much more. I realize that for most people, this is something that is so far out of reach right now. So in moments like these, I am humbly reminded of how privileged my life is. Hashtag this is 40. Cool. No one cares. I threw it a like. <laughs> no, of course you did. Oh you know what? I respected the hell out of it. I was like, you know what? You're the most famous person. Do you think she's the most famous person in the world? No. Who is no. the most famous person in the world? I think Obama is more famous than her. Okay. She's one of the most famous people in the world. She looks incredible. She's got more money than God. And for her to be like, hey, hashtag this is 40, check out my insane bod and the fact that I have enough money to fly all of my family and friends to a remote private island and throw this huge bash. And I realize that you guys are poor and probably dumpy, but this is 40 for me. I threw it like, I was like, respect. This is your life. I have no problem with her doing this. What I have a problem with is her tweeting about it and flaunting about it on Twitter, saying, I know I'm so incredibly privileged and trying to take, she's almost backhanded complimenting herself by saying, I know others can't do this, but I can. So what's up? You have all the money in the world, go do whatever you want to do. But the rest of us humans, of our, our, us normal humans are in the thick of it right now. We got a lot of shit going on and things aren't great. We don't need to hear about your two week vacation somewhere because you have millions of dollars, like hard pass. I could not agree less. I want my celebrities to look better than me. I want them to dress better than me. I want their lives to be aspirational, Steve. I don't want Kim Kardashian to be like, hey, guess what? For my 40th birthday, I gained 30 pounds and bought a split level in the oh, Midwest. If she did that, hypothetically, all these fangirls, and I think you included, be like, yes, queen, yes, queen. <laughs> like, body positivity, good for you. Way to, ex no. way to get out of your New York City bubble. Oh, my gosh, she's exploring herself. She's an they would, they would spin this in some – there's nothing she could do that would be wrong to some people like that. And I feel like you're falling into this trap right now where it's like, no. No, I'm not. I want my celebrities to live unattainable yet aspirational lives. And they are those people. I want them to have faces that confuse me, that I know you've done something, but I know I can't afford what it is. I want you to have a fleet of cars where I look at and I say, that's ostentatious. But also, can you imagine though, if I did that? Let's say I started dating someone that had a ton of money and for, my, for Christmas, we 
flew to a private island. I was like, hey guys, on my Instagram, I know this is unattainable for everyone right now, but I'm so blessed that my boo flew me to this island. Here's would the thing you, though. Would you unfriend me? Would you defriend no, me? No, no, I would 100%. I would be anxiously awaiting your return so I could roast you on this podcast. That's what I, that's, <laughs> that's, actually, that's great content. So I want that to happen, but I would, trust me, I would crush you for that. Well, after you said I was thotting out in Italy that one time. <laughs> that was highly controversial comment too, by the way. Highly controversial. I, um, so I'm going, fingers crossed, you know, pandemic and all, to South Africa for a wedding. And we're staying on this vineyard. And then we're going to this house in Cape Town. And then we're going on a safari. And there's this infinity pool. It overlooks the ocean, this whole deal. Of course deal. there is, yep. And so I was thinking about it. And I was like, should I post some really thirsty picture on Instagram and see if Steve has the audacity to say I'm thotting out again. Again, that was just a recap because that was probably like, what, a year ago? Oh, um, two years ago. It was a long time it ago. It was a term of endearment. I know. You, I wouldn't say that to anyone. You're I was happy for you that you were doing this. You were living the right. European life. Everything was loose. It was great. And was I really like that about you. So saying thotting out was a compliment. So to everyone who was mad, like settle down. It's okay. You're right, Steve. I took it as a term of endearment. It just cracks me up that you said it, even to this day. Okay, well, let's get to some A-plus content. I know you have a lot on deck, so why don't you go first? What has been your A-plus content over the past month? I have three. One of them is a TV show. Two of them are albums. Wow. I guess I'll go album, TV show. You know what? No, I'm going to do this first because everyone else has watched this show, and I'm way late to the party on it. Shit's Creek is one of the best shows, if not the best comedy I've ever watched in my life. I just started watching it. I'm I'm on season three. How have I gone so long without really knowing about this show. And I know it's Canadian, but Eugene Levy, David, his son is, is incredible. The entire cast is amazing. Moira is awesome. How have I gone so long in my life without knowing about this wonderfully amazing comedy show that has kind of become my favorite comedy ever? Where have you been? I don't know. I Where, feel like- Maddie watched it. Maddie and I talked about it all the time. I know, and I, I kind of remember her watching it, but I don't know, I would just like be doing I think they'd be playing FIFA or, or whatever. And none of my friends really watched it. We're all kind of watching it now, like late. And it's amazing to me. The show is so good. The comedy is so funny. So They're like 22-minute episodes, so it's really easy to just consume it. All of the characters are so funny and not relatable, but in a great way. Moira, what is Moira's accent? I have no idea. <laughs> the funny part about it is Eugene Levy, who is probably the most famous person in the show, is the most normal character. He's the most normal guy. Alexis, I don't think she's even ever been in really anything major before. She's incredible on the show. She's so, so funny. Good. David's overall mannerisms, his outlook on life is exactly how I want to be as a person. I relate to him so much. I just can't believe I'm, I'm so late to the Shit's Creek party that I'm able to enjoy, enjoy it now during the quarantine. But it's, it's ridiculous that I've waited this long. Wait, is David the gay fashion forward Saruti? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I actually don't hate some of his fashion, too. I think he looks kind of good. He's got a great hair look. His situation's good. His eyebrows oh, on. are on fleek. You're not wearing a kilt, Steve. If I was richer and more famous, I'd be able to pull off a kilt. But I'm not, I'm not at that level. You have to be a certain level of famous to be able to pull off weird items, like clothing items like that. I'm not there yet. I'll probably never be there, but I've accepted that. It's okay. Once I hit the lottery and you get your check and you're rich enough to wear a kilt, you're telling me you would choose the kilt. If there was some cool party or soiree with a bunch of rich people, I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility I'd show up in a black kilt. Why not? Honestly, surprises the hell out of me. No, you know, I'm fashion forward. I take chances. You know, everyone thinks that like, I'm, I'm J. Crew Rudy or Banana Republic Rudy and I shop at the mall, which is not always true. But I am a little bit fashion forward. 
if Maddie said it looked okay, I would wear it. I always ask her before I go out the door, like, is this too much? Am I trying too hard? Is, am I doing too much all-star? And she'll tell me yes or no. Yeah. But I think if we were at a higher level of income or whatever, and we were sort of famous, I would be able to pull that off and I would do it. I would love to see that. So if I win the lottery, your money's coming first because we need kilts or Rudy. Just buy me a kilt. Yeah. You can give me a million dollars and a kilt and I'll wear it. You know what I'll do is I'll mail you an Alexander McQueen kilt, a high fashion designer kilt with a check in the pocket. <laughs> I love that. Put it on, take the check out, take it off the bank account. We'll be good to go. Okay. So where are you at in the series? You have not gotten to the finale yet. Have you? Because no, I'm on season three. Oh I'm on my season God. three. I'm so jealous of you that you're experiencing this for the first time. It is such joy. The comedy in it is so sharp. It's blink and you'll miss it funny. The lines, the mannerisms, the cutting nature of it. But it's also endearing. There's a lot of heartfelt moments. There is, yeah. It's so well-rounded and it's so well done. My favorite line of the show or sequence of the show or scene is when David goes missing, right? He ends up like on a farm with some random Amish people. And they get there in the car. He's in the field and he's got like a black hoodie thing on with the feathers and he's holding a pitchfork. And they're like, David, David, where, I, we've been looking everywhere for you. Where are you? And he's just like, I texted Alexis. And she, she was like, David, you can't ask me to respond to one text. It, it, it is so funny. I laugh. I watched that scene like 10 times in a row. I just kept rewinding because it was so funny. And you're right. It's so quick. It's so good. It's so pointed. And all the characters have such great chemistry. I'm probably the last person on earth to be watching this show. But if you haven't seen it, I cannot recommend it enough. Ew, David. Ew, David. <laughs> My friend, Dave, is named Dave. And um, some people call him David. I call him Dave. But I bought him a mat, a doormat that said, ew, David. <laughs> ew, David. I ew, texted David. Alexis. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I love that that's your favorite part because just <laughs> wait as you go along. I know. I can't wait. There's like, what, seven seasons? So I've got a long way to go. I'm not even halfway done. Moira is maybe my favorite. She's so good. She's, She's so good. David, you sound like a disgruntled pelican. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and nobody knows what her accent is. No, it's just no. like a made up weird rich person accent. I don't even know. I love that she's so obsessed with her wigs. Well, every scene, that's, that's what's funny too, is she won't even say anything. They'll just cut to a scene and she's got a wig on and I, you just start laughing because it's insane. Her hairstyles oh. are insane. I can't and, wait. I don't want to ruin it for you, but there is a scene in the last season with her wigs that, oh my God, I was dying. And here's the thing is all, at least her and Eugene Levy were in Best in Show and a lot of the people were in Best in Show, which was kind of like the first weird comedy I remember. My parents were obsessed with that movie and used to watch it a bunch of times. And I never saw like, it. You've never seen Best in Show? No, sorry. Well, for, we, we got to, Puppy Tracks, whatever the hell you were talking about before. Puppy Chow. Puppy Chow, whatever it's called. Best, you need to watch Best in Show immediately. Okay. It's, one of the, it's one of the best comedies of all time. You would love it. It's the same thing. It's quirky, weird comedy, great witty lines. It's not like laugh out loud funny, but the whole thing is just so enjoyable because it's so smart and well-written. And Eugene Levy is kind of, they're both, they're both starring in it. Uh, awesome, awesome. You, I mean, I can't believe you've not seen that. So that's A plus content right there too. Okay. What's more egregious that you've never had Puppy Chow or that I've never seen Best in that Show? I, that you've never seen Best in Show. It's one of I'm the funniest movies ever. Because there's really only a certain pocket of my life where I would have even been interested or think Best in Show is funny. Whereas basically your entire life, from adolescence through now, you should have been consuming Puppy Chow. Best in Show, I don't want to compare the two movies, but it's, it's kind of like The Big Lebowski. Not, not style-wise, but like it's got a cult following. It's really funny. It's, it came out in what, the early, the late, either the late 90s or the early 2000s. They're very similar type of 
type of movies, even though the plots aren't anything alike. But and if you like the Big Lebowski and you like Eugene Levy and you like Moira, you're going to love Best in Show. You have to watch it. Okay. So puppy puppy tracks, puppy chow, whatever. Who cares? Nobody cares. It's, Everyone cares. It's, 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 it's like a B plus, not even a B plus. It's a C plus snack. Not even worried about it. How can you say that? You've never had it. Mm. How can you cast such a harsh judgment on Puppy Chow before you've even tasted it? I just know. It's instinct. Some people call them muddy buddies, which I think is stupid. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> that made it worse. Somehow you made it worse. <laughs> no, somehow I didn't make it worse. Those people made it worse. Okay. What else do you have for A-plus content? Uh, two albums really quickly that I love that aren't necessarily super new, but kind of new. I told you about this band, The Backseat Lovers. They're like a throwback to the mid-2000s in a way. I always listen to them and I go, if I was in college and these albums and their songs came out, I would be obsessed with them and I would be a complete fanboy with them. They're this random kind of indie band from Utah. They don't have a ton of fanfare. They only have two albums out. They've got one song on the radio right now, although I don't really listen to the radio. I just know it because Maddie has uh, Sirius in her car. The Backseat Lovers, both their entire catalog, they probably have like 20 songs out. Absolute must listen. Really cool all indie rock type thing. Great vibes, especially during the fall. Highly, highly, highly recommend. The other album that I have to recommend that's A-plus content, do you like the Glass Animals? Have you ever heard of the Glass Animals? Yeah. Their new album, also phenomenal. Heatwave. Oh, is, okay. That song's actually on FIFA, which is how I sort of got into them. At least it got into this album. I didn't even know they had a new album coming out because I wasn't a huge fan. But that album, a couple of weeks ago, listened to it front to back. I've listened to it a few times since then. Really, really good. Really unique. It's almost psychedelic indie alt rock. It's, it's really hard to explain. They have a lot of genres going on. And a couple of the songs are absolutely fire. So Glass Animals, The Backseat Lovers, listen to all their stuff, especially their newer stuff. They're both awesome. A-plus content. My A-plus content is going to be pretty surprising, Steve, but one person has been churning out what I would consider to be a series of things that I think is A-plus content. Emily Ratajkowski is a model. She is pregnant. I did not know that. And that's part of the deal. So she wrote an incredible essay for The Cut. They also did a podcast on it, which I listened to, called Buying Myself Back, When Does a Model Own Her Own Image? And it was a beautifully written essay about her when she was a young model. And, you know, it was tough to read, but that when she was assaulted by a photographer, also her ex-boyfriend bought, she and the ex bought a painting of her. It was a portrait of her by Richard Prince. And then when they broke up, he wanted her to buy her half of a picture of her back. And she got sued by a paparazzo for posting a picture on her Instagram that he took of her. And so this entire thing was about how do I have to pay for my image, essentially? Why can't I own this portion of myself? And if it's, especially if it's something like the Richard Prince piece where she picked it on her Instagram and put it out to the world, therefore owning the content. Mm -hmm. And he took it, repurposed it into a piece of art that went for like $100,000 that she had to buy herself of herself and it was a really brave essay and she went to interesting places and like i said it was beautifully written and then when she announced her pregnancy for vogue she wrote another essay which was really strong and she and lena dunham your favorite i know Mm. made a really good short film announcing the pregnancy congrats to her and her husband on her pregnancy but also thank you for the great a plus content she studied art in college and she's just a very smart and sharp person who appreciates the art of writing and the creative process. And I just think she's been putting out really, really good A plus content lately. I always like people I always like people who are known for one thing but are really interested or great at something else. And that's it's cool to hear that she's interested in all that other stuff. Do I know her who's her husband? Am I should I know him or is he nobody? 
he's well he's not a nobody he's a producer but you wouldn't know him okay not a nobody yeah that's what i mean just not a non-famous person i should say yeah emily ranikowski is very smart she's also um a great feminist she is writing her own book of essays she's more than just a, a pretty face and a body steve there are some thirsty pictures on instagram it's okay to say that she can be a very intelligent a smart person and there's also some thirst going on two things can be true at the same time I don't even know if it's, if you're her and your job is your body and you're showing off your work, how is that any different than us pushing out videos of this podcast? Well, that's like when we talked to Maddie, the uh, Instagram model. That's right. Um, and she was like, yeah, like, my job is working out. So I look good because I'm a model. I, it had never sort of dawned on me. So you're right. You know, I shouldn't say that. But it's listen, I'm, I'm going to be honest. There's still some thirst there. It's okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. It's the same thing as us being like, hey, click on this link. And listen to our podcast. She's like, hey, look at my body by this swimsuit. I wonder if that works. Here's same the, thing. Actually, that makes me think of another question. She has such a unique and small model frame. How many people can even buy the bathing suits she's selling? It feels like it's a very niche audience. No, actually, she has her own line, by the way, in Amarada, And she puts out swimsuits for all body size. Oh, good for her. There you go. She's very inclusive. We good love Emily. We love Emily. Uh, yeah, no, I've liked her everything I've seen. I, fo- I mean, I follow her on Instagram. So there you go. Shouts out to her. How many girls like Emily Ratajkowski do you follow on Instagram? I'm not a follow the hot girl on Instagram thing. I know first off, not, which is why I can't believe you follow her. I follow her because she's different, because she is more interesting than other people that just post their straps all the time. I follow her. I follow Kristen Cavallari. I'm trying to think of who other really attractive women that I follow for no other reason than them being attractive. Should I um, look at who you follow right now? I'll go through it. I don't have a problem. I mean, it's probably oh, not my God. that I'm intense. Gonna... I wonder if there are any surprises in there. I'm about to embarrass myself. Okay, probably. here we go. Let's see. Anyone with so, a blue check mark, I guess, is what you got. Maren Morris, love it. Oh, yeah, that's different. Yeah. Emily Ratajkowski, Chris and Cavallari, Rihanna. Oh, oh I love about, Rihanna. You know I love Rihanna. How about this one? Lily Collins. Oh, I love Lily Collins. Love her. Oh, like, my God, Steve. You follow Michelle Trachtenberg? <laughs> yeah, because I used to watch all of her Euro trip. Are you kidding me? I actually recently followed her. She looks very different now than she did like a couple years ago. I don't know what's oh going on God, there. That's but Carla Junio? Who's that? Oh, she's this, a soccer player, right? No. Who's Carla Junio? She was in Entourage. Oh yeah, I like her a lot. She was just in, she's in uh, the the Haunting of Hill House, the Haunting of Blind Manor. I just watched both of those. They're awesome. I threw her a follow. But she's she's an older woman. I mean, she's very attractive, but it's not like I'm following her because she's some thought on Instagram. Lacey Chabert, respect. Yeah, I mean, come on. Come on. Okay. A lot of soccer guys. Lots of soccer guys. Yeah. Listen, I have a type and it's soccer guys. <laughs> that's probably most of my Instagram followers are soccer players. Who's this? Oh, that's Allie on Dave. Sarah Chalk. Yeah. I like Scrubs is one of my favorite shows of all time. Oh, I never saw Scrubs. Okay. We're almost done with this. Lana Del Rey, Steve. Love Lana Del Rey. I actually love Lana Del Rey's music. True story. Yeah. But you're following her because she's hot. I mean, I don't know if she's that hot. She's attractive, but she's not Instagram thought hot. Who's Annabelle Wallace? Oh, she's, well, she's an actress. She used to date Chris Martin, actually, the lead singer of Coldplay. She's, oh. She was Cillian Murphy, who is Tommy Shelby's main love interest in Peaky Blinders. But she's also been in a few other things, but I like her a lot. But you follow her because she's hot. Well, also because I see a lot of the stuff that she's in. You know what I mean? Yes, she's attractive, but also because I, I consume her stuff. Like if I, I'm not just going to follow some random hot chick that I don't know that I've never seen any of her stuff just because she's hot. I, there's a reason I follow these women. And it's not only because they're just attractive people. It's because they do other things that, that are entertaining to me. I don't know that they're, they're in good movies or they have good music or whatever. It's like not Sarah just Michelle because of the way Gellar. they look. 
Like Sarah. I Michelle. love Sarah Michelle Gellar. Always loved her. I, I was actually, I like Buffy. True story. I used to watch that all the time when I was a kid. So I like Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sue me. Plus, you know how much I love her and Freddie Prince Jr. So what's up? Respect, Steve, that you followed the Red Woman from, yep. Game, of from Game of Thrones. Yep. Big fan. Big fan. Daniel just, Fischel, Topanga. You follow her because she's hot. I follow her because I grew up watching Boy Meets World, Michelle. Stop. Stop. I don't want to. This is ridiculous. I don't, I don't follow most of these people because they're hot. I follow Topanga because she was Topanga and she was a big part of my childhood. Who's Francisca Costa? I don't know. Who, show me. Or Francis. She's locked. She's pregnant. Oh, that's a funny story. Um, oh, oh, I feel like your girlfriend. <laughs> Who's Francis? Why are you following Francis? So she is. The, that's so funny that you bring this up. She is the mom of Roma's best player, and she happens to be really hot. And you follow her because she's hot. Kind of, yeah, but also Come because on. it's funny because she's the mom of this soccer player that I really like, and she's. Really She's hot. got 387,000 followers. Yeah, it goes a long way. I follow Brittany Taylor from uh, Very Cavallari. What Why? Else? I, follow, I follow Leslie Mann. I think Leslie Mann's funny. I follow Leslie Mann. What do you want, what do you want me to do? That's I follow okay. Taylor Swift. Ugh. Don't put me in this corner if I only follow Hotwood. This is, this is, I'm not one, because trust me, I have friends that do that. It's lame as hell. You're not following like, Reagan from Very Cavallari because you like the way she folds t-shirts. Oh, I still follow her. Yeah, you follow Ray. That is weird. She was never one of my favorite characters anyway. Um, But here's the thing. It's not like I'm firing DMs off of these people being like, sup, hey. But I think you've proved my point. I'm comfortable with who I follow. You know what? I agree, but I also think you're following the mom of a player, not because you like the way she parents, but because she's a babe. I can't defend that one. I'll be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I can't defend that one. But it's a unique situation, so at least you got to give me credit there. Yeah, and at least it does have a Roma tie. There you go. I'm just a super fan. What can I say? I want to know what's wrong. I follow dudes because I think they're hot. Really? Yeah. Like who? Okay, let me tell you. Let's go through who I follow. I'm not going to know anyone that you follow. That's the problem. They're all going to be fashion designers or models. Oh, you and I follow about the same amount of people. It's good. Got to keep it low. A lot of blue check marks in here. You follow Lily Collins too? I just like Lily Collins. I think she's. Well, I just watched Emily in Paris, so I I gave her a follow. Is that worth watching or no? Absolutely not. Well, okay. listen, it's very cheesy. It's very, e- it's an easy watch. It's exactly what I needed right now. Is it like a rom-com? It's like Sex in the City light. Mm. With you follow Army humor. Hammer. What do you follow Army Hammer for? Because Army Hammer's a babe. I follow okay. Army That's Hammer fun. because he is so hot. He's a great actor. Good looking call, dude. Me, call me by your name. Get out of here. In Italy, so hot. I haven't yeah, seen I it, but he's a good looking him. dude. I don't follow him, Steve, because I really appreciate his acting chops. I follow him because I like his abs. I get that, and I'm not going to shame you for it. That's your right as a person to do that. You, I wonder if you follow more hot dudes because they're hot than I follow girls because they're hot. But at least I'm admitting it. You're like, no, I really like her work as an actress. You follow her I she's hot. I do. Otherwise, I would just follow a bunch of random hot chicks if that was the case. It's because I saw them in something, and I'm like, oh, I'm interested in your career. I don't know if so many people you follow. It's hilarious. Really? Yeah, I don't know. You okay? Well, okay. You athletes. literally follow an account called Hot Dudes Reading. It's my favorite account. Literally, you follow an account called Hot Dudes Reading. Come on. Check it out, Steve. It's one point three million followers. It's the best, other than my favorite account, which was the old Italian grandmas making pasta noodles. It's hot dudes on the subway reading books, and they're all dressed so well. This dude's not hot. Sorry. Okay, come on. There's that's for the Brooklyn girls. Listen, there's some good looking dudes in here, but that dude's not hot. 
There's a type here too. Oh, strong, yeah. strong jawline, sometimes a beard, probably, a, probably a peacoat or a cardigan. Yeah, big time. Hot dudes reading is a great follow. That's, That's my pretty funny. content. <laughs> if you if you are a lady out there, and you haven't if you haven't followed Hot Dudes Reading, I can't suggest it enough. That's amazing. I love that Listen I just stumbled on that. If there was a hot girls reading, that which there probably is, I wouldn't follow that. I, that's just not me. Let me see if there is. <laughs> I'm sure there is. There is hot girls reading. You follow Cliff Kingsbury. Exactly. Point Come proven. On, how many ad pictures are there? Steve, I love his offensive schemes. Sure, yeah. You're really a fan of how he's developed Kyler Murray. Exactly. Love those uh, zone blocking schemes he's got going on. Run pass option. I think I give him a follow after the fireplace pick. The and stockless. I wouldn't blame you for it. You look great. It's a great look for him. <laughs> okay. Well, that should wrap up A-plus content. That was a great A-plus oh, content. Before we wrap up this podcast, Steve, we actually have a late edition. We have a guest we need to bring on. We're going to do a special edition of 10,000 Frogs with a very special guest. So I'm going to let you take it away. All right. So I think this is the first family member. Actually, that's not true, Michelle, because your dad was on the podcast one time. Uh, he was on the right. phone. Randomly calling in, talking about, what was it, um, Liverpool, random Ulysses S. Grant documentaries, all of the above. So this is the second family member that we're having on the official Small Talk podcast here. And I'm pumped to welcome in my younger sister. Most of you know, I have two younger sisters, Rachel and Jocelyn. Rachel is the middle child. She is joining us now on Small Talk because we have a great story that she's going to tell. She told me the story like a couple weeks ago, and I was like, this is a perfect thing for Small Talk. The Small Talk audience would absolutely love this. So we'll get to that in just a second. But Rachel, what's up? Hi, hello. Thanks for having me on. All right, Rachel, you probably know this because you listen to the pod. And for anyone that does listen to the pod, we do probably, Michelle, our most popular segment, which is 10,000 Frogs, which we haven't done in a couple of weeks. Typically, we take one, two, or th- well, two or three different stories of like people's ridiculous date stories, pair them up against each other, figure out which one is the winner. And then there's like the goat king frog that we declare at the end of every podcast as a running joke. We decided that we're going to do a, just a special edition because this story that Rachel has is kind of like a standalone thing. It's a ridiculous date story. I'm not even sure you can compare it to anything else. So Rachel, I'm just going to let you take it away in a special edition of 10,000 Frogs. So I am on Hinge now. I'm back in New York City on the dating scene. And I was talking to a guy and we decided to meet at a, you know, swanky hotel bar downtown around seven, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever night. I'm running a bit late because I always am. And <laughs> I text him, hey, like I'm running late. He says, just come, when you come up the subway, send me a text. You know, and I, he lived, he worked in, the, he worked in the area. So he's like, I'll come back down and I'll come meet you. So I text him that I'm coming up out of the subway and I wait outside the hotel bar and someone comes up to me and I say, hello, we hug and we walk into the bar. It's a nice date of nothing out of the ordinary, but great guy you know, good banter. It's an hour and a half later. And I I think I suggested a book or something. And he opens up his phone and he looks at it and he says, wait, why did you text me that you're in the lobby and you're leaving? So I look at my phone and the guy I was supposed to go on a date with texted a very similar thing. So we look at each other and I look at him and I say, what's your name? And turns out it is Mitchell, not Daniel. I went on the date with the wrong guy. <laughs> okay. How? So, wow. <laughs> so how long into the date did it take you to realize that? There were so many similarities between me and the girl he was supposed to go out with and him and the guy I was supposed to go out with. That conversation just kept flowing and every inconsistency I just chalked up to people 
just kind of lying in their profiles, like not lying maliciously, but just kind of maybe making themselves look better or, you know, omitting things. But yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of chalking it up to, we were both wearing masks when we said hello, you know, safety first. And (laughs) I stand by the fact that he looked like the guy I was supposed to go out with. I don't know. They both had curly hair and like a beard. (laughs) So just to recap for the audience, you went on a date. You're supposed to meet up with this guy. You meet at a hotel bar and you just- A fancy one, I'm not not a hoe. No, no, yeah, (laughs) New York City, it's totally different than the city, what's up? And you both just see each other. Who was sitting down? Who was sitting down first? Did either of you say a name? Did you say, hey, I'm Rachel or hey, I'm whoever? How long did this thing string? I'm amazed that it strung along this long without either of you identifying each other. And also the fact that you both were there for the same reason, but for with different people or trying to find different people. I mean, he had mentioned, he literally said out loud, like, oh, how many hinge dates have you been on? And we were both on a hinge date. We were both at the same hotel, same time. And I think it was like a Tuesday night. So I mean, how many dates... Mm-hmm. I guess are really happening at that time, that hotel. We honestly just said hello, didn't even ask Nate's. So that was definitely the first mistake. <laughs> so I just personally just figured that he was the guy. <laughs> so that's what I was going to ask. How long were you messaging with this person? And did you really know, okay, I'm going to this swanky hotel bar to meet Richard? Or were you just like, oh, this is my hinge date? How far into the chatting process were you with this person to not know that it was them slash not ask? Hey, are you Richard? Yeah, so there were definitely a few times when I was just like, is, is this the guy I was supposed to go out with? And like, just, and there were just little things here and there that I was like, oh, that's what, oh, this is the funniest part. So the night before he's supposed to go out or a few days before or whatever, this guy I was supposed to go out with said, hey, like, I don't drink, but it's obviously okay if you do. And so like, fine mm-hmm. with me, whatever. And so the funny, the two funniest parts is this, when he sat down, he said, oh, it's been a long day. I need a drink. So just like, whoa okay i don't i don't know how the sober community is i didn't know if that was a thing people said to break the ice you can't (laughs) say anything you can't call it out okay so then so then when the waiter does come around right i can't do that That, so i just literally sat there in silence (laughs) (laughs) just assuming everything was correct um so then when the waiter does (laughs) finally come around to order to like take her order i pause and I say, I don't think I'm going to drink tonight. So immediately this guy says, oh, let's get tea. This whole thing was dead sober and we had a porcelain teapot in the middle of us. (laughs) Wow. This whole thing, tea and flatbread. Okay, so you're on a date with the guy who you're not supposed to be on the date with. Is the chemistry going? Because for me, this sounds like a romantic comedy. This sounds like the newest Kate Hudson vehicle where she's supposed to Mm. meet Richard but ends up falling for Bryce. And And it's Matthew McConaughey, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. it's definitely Matthew McConaughey. It's Rachel McAdams maybe in the mix here. Yeah, I work in a magazine company. (laughs) Definitely wearing stilettos all day long. But how was the chemistry with the guy? Is this a guy that you would have matched with had you found him on Hinge? So I actually tend to date um, not white dudes. I just really don't go out with white dudes. And that means every other thing on the spectrum. And this guy happened to be a white dude. So I I don't. So my friends always joke. Oh, white dudes look the same. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> they were like, my friend, the second question she asked, she goes, was he white? I was like, yeah. <laughs> She's like, you don't know, you can't tell that part. I don't think I would have matched with him, really. Um, but, I mean, he was a super cool dude. I think when this thing happened, too, so, so after we find out we're on the wrong date, we immediately text the other people. You know, like, crazy story, you'll never believe it. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And the guy I was supposed to go out with, turns out he was like, 
that's ridiculous. Hope it's a match because I have no interest in trying this again. Wow. Heartbroken. So like he was obviously in Whoa. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of dodged a bullet. Yes. Honestly, great call. But the, yeah. Oh. And when this was happening, the guy who I was on a date with was so nice. He was like, you know what? No, this guy should be begging you to get drinks. This is a funny story. Like anyone should want to hear this. This guy. A good dude. I really have fun friends and like fun times. Okay. You know? Um, so that was going to be my follow-up question was, what about the other people? Were yeah. they understanding? I feel like you have to talk to the other girl, too, and be like, what does she look like? I want to know, what does she look like you? Yeah. As soon as we kind of at least tell the honest story happened, we immediately go to our Hinge profiles because we wanted to show each other the other person. It'd be like, am I crazy? Do you look, look like something? Like, I can't even find him anywhere. He's The other guy was supposed to go out with like, she's hot. <laughs> We were looking through her profile and she just has this beautiful long blonde hair and I don't think I look like her. She was, I mean, I, lo you know, I love myself, blah, 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 but we're just different people. I think what sums it us up best is we're going through her profile and we come on this one picture. She's just in this beautiful, she's on it, looks up at me and goes, you would never wear this. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no. <laughs> just different. Are you going to go out again with the guy? So at the end of the night, I did, we exchanged numbers because this, we have to be in each other's lives. Like this is just hilarious. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. But end of the night, I just kind of sent him a text being like, jokingly, like, thanks for the tea and flatbread, because <laughs> that's what we ordered. <laughs> and he was just like, yeah, we should get a proper drink sometime soon. Just at the least, just to talk about how funny this is, you know? Totally. All right, so we'll have to have to follow up here to see if it goes any further. And Michelle's right. This would be a hilarious way. Imagine like, years from now, like, you're married with kids, and this is the way that you accidentally met this person. That's wild. It's straight up, as, as, as Michelle said, it's straight up a, a romantic comedy. So um, I kind of wish the other two I know. were in the lobby. I was thinking about that too. Were they sitting in the lobby kind of looking around at each other being like, no. Are you know. here for the set? Yeah, you here for right. a date? What's happening? Have right. you also been ghosted by the person you were supposed to meet? Yeah. Think too many things would add up. I would ask too many questions. Or would you just be so embarrassed because you got ghosted that you would just go home? Which would probably be what I would do. This is one of the better stories I think we've had so far on the show. Hinge, write me a check. I was Seriously. just gonna say you and Richard need to end up to Richard we're calling him Richard for fake but you and Richard need to end up together and boom that's a hinge commercial Rachel you're the best best of luck great to talk to you thanks for hopping on the pod thanks so much love the show holy shit Steve I cannot believe that happened to your sister that is one of the craziest dating stories slash craziest stories I've heard in a long time here's the thing is that I was talking to my friends about this have you met my friend Shane Oh, we met in Chicago, right? That's right. You met in Chicago. Exactly. I don't think we look alike. We both have, you know, kind of the same color-ish skin, like olive skin, dark hair. He's taller yeah. than I am. But if you saw a picture of us on Tinder or Hinge or whatever in this case, and you're swiping right, swiping left, and you swipe right on Shane, and I showed up to the date, you not knowing me, I could actually understand why you would think that I was him. You know, even though we're completely not the same person. So the more I thought about it, it's actually not that ridiculous. What's ridiculous is the circumstance that two separate people, two separate dating parties, I guess you say, so four people, all went to the same place at the exact same time with people that look similar to them. What are the odds of that happening? It's insane. Totally insane. And I think to Rachel's point, when they first met, they had masks on. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of assume, hey, if someone is greeting me, be like, hey, thanks for coming on the date. Even if they kind of look similar from here up. I think you just roll with it. And if you're going on a, a hinge date, a Tinder date, whatever, you already know each other's names or you think you know the other person's name, right? I wouldn't introduce myself and be like, hey, what's up? I'm Steve. You probably just say, oh, hey, I want to sit at this table. And then you just start chatting. I could understand why you wouldn't exchange names in that situation. 
Oh, no way. I think if I would go on a date with someone I'd never met, especially if we were in masks, that I would roll up and be like, Steve, hey. I would just assume I didn't know at first. That would be my sequitur into it. I'd say, Steve, oh, hey. Yeah. Is I wouldn't just assume that any masked man was my date. <laughs> yeah, but a masked man who looks very similar to the guy that you know that you're supposed to be going on a date with. At the, again, the odds are this is the person that you're going to be on a date with. You sit down, you start having drinks and flatbread, as she said, and just time flies. And you don't really realize you're on the date with the wrong person. You know what, Steve? I loved that story for so many reasons, but I now want them to have the Kate Hudson, Matthew McConaughey moment. <laughs> I want Rachel and Richard to end up together because what a great story that is, that the fates brought them together. They were supposed to meet different people. They just so happened to find each other in the bar, sit down, enjoy the meal, and boom, now they're together. Yeah, this has Netflix written all over it. Somebody sign up for this movie rights. We should be selling this. Honestly, should I reach out to Mindy Kaling right now? Yes, it yes. Does seem like a Mindy Kaling? Yep, nice little rom-com, you know, Friday night action straight to Netflix, 100%. We should get this rolling. Both of us can be executive producers. We'll bring Rachel in on it as well. Who wouldn't want to watch that movie? I've seen worse romantic comedies, I'll tell you that. That's for sure, definitely. And I'm imagining that there would be some sort of funny, snarky friend involved in this that's texting mm -hmm. being like, give me the updates so we could, I mean, we could get some star power. You know what this reminds me of? The way this would play out. Do you remember the movie um, Valentine's Day? Or he's just not that into you where it's many yes. different angles yes. of the same day yep. and all of these different celebrities that are in it. I'm viewing it as the same thing. You have all these different people and it. Jennifer Lawrence is for sure in the mix. Mm -hmm. And You mentioned Rachel McAdams, Kate Hudson, all the above. All Maybe the Meg, above. Meg Ryan could be a mom somewhere, bring it full circle. I think Tiffany Haddish gets in there, yep. but it's all of these different angles from everybody from that day on how this could possibly go down. Yeah. Rebel Wilson's definitely in this movie as the weird friend. Now that I'm thinking about this, definitely. Sterling K. Brown. This is just what's going to happen. All right. We're going to kick the tires on this. We'll get the ball rolling. It'll be out 2021. Look for it. Is this what Michael, the astrologer, was saying when he said, we're going to have great success, but specifically for me, it could be in film <laughs> and movies? Maybe. Yeah, you didn't realize we're going to be executive producers on the next big Netflix hit. Okay, Steve. Well, let's get to a review. We didn't have a review last week because we were processing our astrology readings. But this one says, my favorite pod, hands down, five stars. I don't even remember how I found this pod, but do remember Michelle from her early days when I could listen to the fast lane. Love, love, love 10,000 frogs when you share your A-plus content and the drafts. I'm a new EPL fan as well and love when you bring it in for a quick minute. Go LFC. Shouts out to the Foxes. Shouts out to another, the another big win this weekend against Arsenal. That's right. Boo, Arsenal, you suck. Yeah. How about this one too, Steve, from our reviewer, uh, Brugi, Brug? Sorry, I can't, I don't know who What's you up? are. I don't know how to pronounce What's it. What's up, Brugi? What's up, Brugi? And if you're not Brugi, our apologies. He or she closes it out with a draft idea, your last meal. Think of it as you could select a 10-course last meal, two flame emojis. Wow, that's a great idea. I feel like you and I would be so different on that that it wouldn't even, I don't know if it'd be a good draft because we would pick total, we would have 10 completely different things. Yeah, well, we're both Italian, so we might be going in the pasta space. I don't think I'd go pasta or pizza. I wouldn't. My Italian ancestors are going to smite me. Since you've already revealed that, the draft might be ruined, but what are you leaning towards? I've always said this. Mexican food is the shit. It's where it's at. It's the goat. A good taco, a good little taco with like a great meat and nice slaw on top and a sauce. For me, there's just nothing in the world that beats that. The best pizza in the world, unfortunately, does not beat that. The best pasta dish in the world doesn't beat that. The best burger in the world doesn't beat that. 
a perfect taco is the perfect food. So you just want a million tacos lined up for your last meal. I'll get some fish tacos in there. We'll get some carne asada. Uh, we'll get the fried chicken from Sayulita. We'll oh. get a, a, a shrimp taco for sure. All the, yeah, just a platter of tacos. That'll be my 10 course meal. That sounds incredible. Yeah. And I'm jealous of that pick. What would be your meal? So we already did this. Spaghetti and meatballs. Get out of here. Close though. Uh <laughs> yeah, we think, what? Actually, yes. Uh, no, uh, ziti. Come on, whatever. Oh, big ziti, a little penny love vodka. Oh, I love my mom makes the best big ziti. But uh, everyone thinks their mom makes the best big ziti. That's good. Ex- class. Yeah, come on. Except, in fact, mine does. So. Mm. Yeah, I've never tried Angela's Rudy's big ziti, but I'm sure your mom's big ziti is great too. No disrespect to your mom. If we lived by each other, we would have a ZD off. A fake ZD off. Let's do it. I mean, I'm sure it would be great. Have you ever seen, there's a video I saw, I forget where it was. It might have been on Instagram where it was a bunch of black aunts making their version of potato salad and the other aunts all tried it and every aunt thought the other person's was trash. It's, totally. it's, it's such a good video. Like, I don't even know where to search it. Just search aunt potato salad on, okay. I don't know, YouTube or something. It's such a funny video because every aunt's like, this is trash. But see, the difference between that video and us is even though I know, no disrespect to your mom, I know in my bones that my mom's baked ziti is better. I would not want to disrespect your mom's cooking because that's an Italian, I mean, that is a sin. That's a sin to say, sorry, Mrs. Saruti, the ziti is subpar. I could never do that. So I would eat it and go, hmm. Great, nine out of 10. (laughs) Yeah. My mom is, I would say you get a 9.9. My mom is just a a 0.1 better. Here's the thing is you always too love your mom's version of pasta sauce. You know what I mean? If I have another mom's pasta sauce, it's, it could be good, but it's not my mom's pasta sauce. And they're all very different. There's different variations of them. There's different spices, whatever types of tomato. But the one you grew up having is always the best one in your book. Without a doubt. And my family has a secret ingredient in the sauce. Of course. Which I think makes it. Is it sugar? Um, I don't know. I'm not telling. You're not. Pri- oh, I, was in, I didn't know if you weren't privy to that. I'm like, come on. Oh, it's like the family recipe. You gotta, you're going to be making it in the future. You're carrying on the legacy. In the vault. I know it, but you think I would reveal it not only to you, but to this podcast audience? What are we doing here? You keep it in the family for a reason. I don't even know what it would be. Sugar's a thing I know people add, but it wouldn't be like a vegetable. Is it like two extra bay leaves? I don't know. <laughs> two extra bay leaves? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> are you just going to keep guessing? Because I'm not going to tell you. Fine. I'm, I- I'll stop guessing. You can tell me after the pot. No, because why would I tell you if we inevitably have a ziti off? Why would I let you know? Is it. Is it exotic or is it something you should expect to be in pasta sauce? Don't, you don't have to tell me, but something on left field, it's not like tofu or something. It's probably some <laughs> Italian ingredient. I mean, we're not talking saffron or something. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely in the Italian family, okay. but yeah, it's a little different. Okay. It, make, it makes it better. And by the way, sugar and sauce does really it does. add a yeah. little something. Let yeah. me tell you. But I mean, 75 hard, Michelle can't be eating that kind of pasta. Come on. Oh my God, why did you have to bring that up? I'm so over it. It's day 27. We're taping this on day 27. And I told Steve before we taped that I'm exhausted. I feel very drained. We're taping this at 6, 17 p.m. Central Time. And I still have to do a 45-minute workout outside after this. (laughs) And uh, watch the World Series game, which I'm going to have to record and start watching after. It's just inconvenient to work out twice a day. It's inconvenient. That's the hardest part you're saying. So not the not giving up the food, the sugar or whatever diet you're on, not the reading nonfiction. It's just the 90 minute total workout a day because that is an insane amount of time. That's what? 
I'm, I'm quick math is terrible. That's like a 16th of your day, I think, or something like that. That's a lot I'm of your day. I'm going to trust you that it's a 16th. It's too much of the day is what it is. But it's the outside workout because you're circling it around the weather patterns. Mm. You're, for instance, for this, I didn't want to be all sweaty. So I didn't do it earlier today because I didn't want to be all sweaty because we we're going to be on camera. It's just very annoying. Mm. Yeah, that's why I didn't do it. Hard pass for me. Talk to me again in the spring. Okay, we'll be like Brugie 78 or Brugie, Brugie, sorry. We're trying our best. We're just, it's 2020, we're all trying our best. But be like that person <laughs> and head to Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. Search for Small Talk, subscribe to it, rate it, and leave a review, preferably five star rating, if you could be so kind. Thank you again to Steve's sister, Rachel, for being a part of our 10,000 Frogs special. Thank you to everyone for listening. Steve and I will be back in action next week. But until then, give Hot Dudes Reading a follow. I'm going to start Hot Dudes playing FIFA. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.